Hello, everybody. Good morning. This is Maurice Washington over here with Executive Talk. Hey, those that are watching live on LinkedIn or those that are that'll be listening on the podcast, Facebook or YouTube, make sure that you join us. And thank you guys for listening in. Today, we have a wonderful show. We're going to be talking about opportunities that we've never had before. Last month um, with Doug Carpenter, what we did is we talked about tax and all the complexities that are now happening. What we learned in that conversation is that there's still opportunities out there, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So first of all, let's go ahead. How are you doing, Doug? I am doing well. Hope the audience is uh, also doing well. All right. All right. How's tax season going for you so far? It's busy as always, and this year has more complexities than ever, although we say that every single year, but it is true. That's true. That's true. And uh, as we're alluding to last month, as we are talking about just the amount of changes, are, are you starting to... How are those changes starting to shift now that we are, well, we're in uh, March, end of March right now? Are they starting to shift and kind of level out? Well, what really happens is you, you wind up with the corporate taxes that are due or extensions that are due as of March 15th. And then you have the April 15th, which is all the personals. The two really combine to be one. Everyone needs to have their corporates done in order to get their personals done if they own a company. Sure. And so there's a big rush. It doesn't just end on March 15th. There's a big deadline there, but we continue to uh, face uh, time crunches through through April. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, then let's get into the fun stuff, because, again, in our conversation, we had talked about opportunities that we've never seen before. And uh, we we're talking about some of the credits that are available. But um, let's talk about kind of the time frame, because uh, 2021 left a uh, a particular time frame. A lot of things have transpired, and COVID is one of them. And within COVID, what we have seen is we've seen a lot of businesses go out, go out of business. Um, and I want to go ahead and share an article with everybody. Um, we have this article right here from the Wall Street Journal. COVID 19's toll on U.S. businesses: 200,000 extra closures in the pandemic first year. Now, to me, when I read that article, that seems like a crisis immediately. It doesn't seem like an opportunity. Um, how would you define this as opportunity? What? How should we? How should we actually be looking at this? This title of this article here. There's a different way of looking at that, and I totally agree with the uh, with the title of the article itself. There were a lot more businesses that closed, but it also has to be noted that there were a lot of businesses that were survived as well. Um, these are the successful ones. Just as a lot of businesses closed, I have a lot of clients that are expanding and they're expanding because they received a lot of government money. They were able to run their businesses efficiently um, through the pandemic and now are able to refocus their efforts on either expansion or at least uh, a solid stabilization. The balance sheets of most of our clients are actually stronger now than they were when they went into the pandemic. And the opportunity really is to focus on if 200,000 businesses went out, there must be opportunities among them, uh, less competition, able to to uh, look around and see what, uh, you know, what the survivors actually did. Um, businesses that survived did it for a reason. Not everybody went out of business. So sure. it's kind of like evolution where a certain percentage died off. And the reason is to understand why did they die off? And the opportunity is to look at what made the ones that survived successful. Okay. So then let's take that, let's take that note there. Um, as an opportunity, do you feel like all those businesses were prepared for this pandemic? Do you feel like a lot of business owners are pandemic ready? Because COVID-19, I don't feel like is our only pandemic. It seems like life in general, there's always going to be something coming up. 
There's always there's always going to be change. And in fact, the one of the um, scarier uh, quotes I've ever heard is technology will never be advancing slower than it is today, mm. which means that we are constantly accelerating in our advancement of technology and in our advancement of change. And, and technology brings a lot of social change. It brings a lot of behavioral change, customer change. These are your opportunities to look at, to see where the trends are going and address these changing, uh, these changing business requirements that your competitors may or may not be. Now, as far as to answer your question in the pandemic, a lot of the businesses that we've seen um, were from businesses that weren't very well organized, um, that may have um, not been strong going into the pandemic. They might have closed anyway. Um, this just accelerated what was a bad situation. Um, but I can tell you that all the ones that survived, and actually every one of our clients survived, we went in with 160 businesses and we came out with 160 businesses. It was every location at every one of our clients survived. But we weren't responsible for all of that. But in many instances, we were because we went in, they were very well prepared for this pandemic. Not that we knew it was coming, not that anything else, but there are business rules and business guidelines that you want to have a certain amount of cash on hand, certain amounts of lines of credit, and also ways of addressing things when a crisis happens. Can't tell you what the next crisis will be, but I tell you at some point there will be. And it's, but preparing for it is almost exactly the same. That makes sense. And I want to go to this article right here because they're talking about, um, they're they talking about six common traits uh, that people that made it through the pandemic are uh, that they had that allowed them to make it through. And here's one of them uh, right here. They said uh, flexibility, uh, good communication, social responsibility, uh, resourcefulness, also creativity and empathy. And so those are the those are the top six common traits they said help some of these business owners, help some of the people that had not had to go out of business, make it through. Now, out of those qualities um, and those common traits, what do you feel like um, is the one that sticks out the most? In- yeah, I think the um, I think the author really nailed this article. I think it's an excellent article. Um, and I agree with that. The top ones really are creativity, flexibility, and communication. I know you asked for one, sure. but those three work in tandem. Um, I, I see those as the pillar. Um, the biggest thing, the, the, probably the most important thing, especially with your workers and your customers is communication. Let's say you had to close down for several weeks. That's something you want to communicate to your customers. We will be closed for this time period. You know, if you just shut your doors, nobody knows what's going on. You want to tell them what's happening. If you have limited capacity, um, limited ability to meet their needs, let them know that. Um, that's important. Creativity, of course, is, is hand in hand with flexibility. Um, thinking outside the box, ways of doing things differently, ways of accommodating, um, the conditions and then being flexible enough to do that, um, to do that. Of course, the more, the better you've gone in prepared to the pandemic, the more options you'll have available to you. But again, these are things that don't just work in a crisis. They work all the time. Without a doubt. Let me throw this at you because one one thing that sticks out with me in this article or is that creativity, you know, and something that you shared with me a long time ago is some of your clients have had to shift. So, for example, your average restaurant, 
they may not have done a lot of online business before because they required everybody that, you know, the traffic to pass through, traffic comes in, that was their revenue flow. And maybe their online business wasn't as high, but it seems like I've seen a lot of businesses create creativity, create in a creative way, change their business dynamics as to how they offer a service to their clients. And I feel like that's the biggest shift that stands out to me out of all, all those traits. Have you seen that pattern? I think those are good examples. I've definitely seen um, delivery. I've seen, you know, online purchasing more, um, more ways of uh, being able to fill, you know, what the customer wants. However, um, the really successful places have also bridged that gap of communication. So okay. if your customer is not coming into, say, your store or your restaurant and sitting down, there's a distance now that's been created by the circumstance that you want to try and make up with communication. You can't sit there and talk to them and how's your day going? And you need to somewhat, to some extent, understand that now there's a distance, there's a personalization that's been taken away, uh, that, that personalized service that you really want to try your best to maintain as you go through. Um, one of the better examples I saw was a, uh, a restaurant that hooked up a CRM system so that okay. when somebody dialed, it came up with the customer's name, their last order, what they did, and a yes. couple of facts about the customer. So yes. you could pick up the phone and say, hello, right from the get-go, is this Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so? You talk to them. Last time you had the, uh, this, you know, the spaghetti with meatballs, was it good? Um, you know, did you, did you like that? You want to get that again? Or you, they really feel like, you know, them. And, and, and that's a way of accommodating that type of thing. In fact, they get a feeling that, you know, them better than when they used to come in and you kind of didn't know this about them. <laughs> and speaking of that communication, it goes along with customer service as a whole. It feels like there's another opportunity to enhance your customer service during this time frame. There is. Again, that's thinking outside the box. It's it's requiring a little bit of an investment in there. Um, but uh, this this is something that is is being that is having that flexibility is adding at thinking of the creativity. I mean, it's it's really the three pillars that we just mentioned. It's communication, creativity and flexibility. OK. All right. So let's take all the let's take those three pillars right there and let's take it back to the employees, the office space, the culture. Right now, the great resignation is top of mind. Is I mean, article after article is out there talking about the great resignation, how everything has, uh, the the office spaces changed. Now, uh, let's go ahead and look at this article here. And this is from msn.com. And it says, the great resignation is now seven months long. And it suggests you should quit your job too. So now, that is, that's, Ultimately, for business owners, that, that's an alarming article, right? People are panicking because they're like, oh, and, you know, the first initial response is always more pay. Do you agree with more pay is always the solution to solving these uh, an employee's problem? Not at all. I think it's important. Uh, people have to make a living. And, you know, that's that's important. But very, very rarely would I agree that that's top on their list? And they may even tell you in an exit interview, I, I left for more money. It's an easy out. If they really loved what they did, if they, if they love, you know, it, the self-assessment there is that it, it's probably not all about money. And okay. <clears throat> I found it usually isn't. In, in running businesses, in being a CFO for many years, I have had many people work for me. 
in all that time, in the last 25 years, I have never had a person that I hired leave for another job. It's never happened. I've had other circumstances take place. I have terminated lots of employees for a variety of reasons, but no one has ever left my, my department or my company based on um, for, for another position. And the reason for that, and I can't say I pay them the most and I, I overpay, but there's a difference. There, there's levels of respect. Um, there's bringing them into the business. It's having them understand how they fit into the whole organization. It's giving them flexibility. It's understanding. And, you know, I mean, the best way to put it uh, is one of my own employees said, we're treated like adults. And unfortunately, not, not everybody can handle that. Some people need the time block and be watched every second and I get that. And if that's, they're not the right employee. Sure. But when you get the right employee and you treat them like adults with respect and give them time when they need it, they'll do they'll move mountains for you. That makes sense. Here's here's what I want to bring up in this conversation. It it, it really clicked for me. You know, one of the things that happens to employees is envy happens, and I think it's been happening a long for a long period of time. And here's the thing. As an employee, if you're in the office space, you, you see your business owner, you see the owner of the company leave the office around 12 o'clock. It doesn't come back until three o'clock, right? Maybe it's an extended lunch. Maybe that person went to go golf. Maybe they went to go pick up their kid, go get everything handled, and then came back to work and then kept on with their day. The employee feels, feels for a longest period of time, I couldn't do the same thing or else I would be terminated. And I feel like with the pandemic and the, the hybrid works, workspace, employees are now seeing that they have the opportunity to do the same thing, which is maybe calm their spirit a little bit. Would you, would you agree with that? I would. Um, I think that it's important to lead by example. Um, you know, everyone, everyone's going to figure out if the boss is working hard. I mean, that's, you know, that <laughs> that's true. <enough>. They know <laughs> just as I know who's working hard as well. Right. Um, and I think it's really important that, um, you know, you can't have a double standard and that's, and I've seen that if you really want to kill morale, quickly. That's a great yes. way to do it is to have that double standard, whether it applies to you or your favorite person in the office or whatever else. Now, I've had people that they will be strictly nine to five. That is that is what they do. They um, they come in They're you know, 459, they're tying their shoes, they're they're running shoes to, to head out the door. And that's fine. When they need time off, they have personal time, they have vacation time, whatever else, and that's what we apply. But you also have people that will put in tons of hours. They'll come in a weekend, they'll do other things. And these are not the people that you count hours and minutes and everything else. When they need to go out and do something, you let them do it because you're probably going to get a three, five or 10 to one return on that. Um, that's the type of employee. It creates a good work environment. But if you do have a double standard, People do, and, and there may, may be necessary. You have to make sure that is communicated. There's that key word again, that it's communicated. They understand, listen, you come in at nine, you leave at five and that's, and we love you for it. That's what you do. Um, and that's why we don't let you go without, you know, taking that extra time out and someone else has kind of more flexibility to, to do sure. that. But that's, and but as a boss, you have to you have to uh, apply what you do to your workers. And I feel like that's a missing link. Business owners are not applying that same standard and it's, it's, it's causing something. They're not realizing the standard that they've created. 
And that's what the response is. Because here's another article that just uh, that just came to me yesterday. It's saying that 70% uh, of employees are saying no thanks to a promotion. Now, that doesn't, in normal business, uh, they're saying the whole, even the whole business standard is archaic. This is, there's a new way of doing things. And there's, there's, a new, there's a new relationship that's involved within the workplace. And they'd rather not take the promotion, but just the more respect, the more communication and so on and so forth. Or it is is more becoming more of a higher priority. I also think the word promotion is a little bit overused or, or overemphasized. Yes, you, you step into new positions, but most of the people that we work for, I can't tell you the exact moment they're promoted. And by that, I mean they get increasing work responsibilities uh, they get new tasks. Older tasks are subbed down to to up other up and coming people. And when you look at them year over year, they're doing something much more advanced than they were a year ago or two or three years ago. When were they promoted? Well, I'm not really sure when that happened. Um, the compensation rises with that as well. And so do the other things. I mean, review time is important and we talk about these things. Um, but I, what I really like is kind of a promotion after the fact where I change your title, but you're already doing the responsibilities of that, uh, of that. And part of that too, when you do that is you're expanding people. This is part of the respect, but also giving people the opportunity to function at their best, to sure. give you their best work and not pigeonholing them into some people. That's what they want and that's what they respond to. They're not looking for anything more and that's fine. We need people like that. But your long-term employees, those that, that are looking for advancement, you always want to make sure they're continually getting challenged and it benefits everybody all around. It benefits your business, benefits them. You get people that are cross-trained. They can train people beneath them and it, it functions very well. That increases morale tremendously, more than a pay raise. Sure. I would agree with that. So let's take everything that we that we just spoke about. Second second quarter is coming up, or the next quarter is coming up for you. What is the next move, and what's the next opportunity a business owner should take right now? What, what gonna, are the initiatives? We've talked a lot about some esoteric, um, you know, things to do, so things that are not tangible. But let's talk about financials because this is a good time to do it. You're into the first quarter. You have three quarters of the year left. Take a look, take a hard look at your tax return that you're just about completing now um, and see if there are any tax savings that can be applied during this year. Look at what type of corporate entity you are and make sure that you're the right, whether you're a partnership, an S Corp or a C Corp. Uh, should is that benefiting you for the next year upcoming? Is that, you know, are these things that you should be considering? What moves can you make and what changes can you implement over the next few months that will increase your business, will increase what you do and, and what, what, um, what you are? So it's time really to do some planning. I usually like a year-end planning in particular as you go into the new year. You've got this big plan. But if you've done that step, then it's a look at how you've performed in the last three months. And if you haven't even gone in with a plan, um, just ask yourself, have I met my expectations? Have we done this? And what what would I what do I need to do to meet my expectations over the course of the next nine months? I like that. I like that. I want to go ahead and chime in on that. Um, the word that's coming to me as you're speaking is the word evaluate. 
Take yes. this time to evaluate everything. We just talked about communication, your creativity. Have you adjusted? Have you made an extra move? Is there something that you're not looking for? One thing I love about you as a business owner, Doug, is you've you've uh, evaluated and moved on opportunities throughout last year in order to really thrive in this in this time frame. Yeah, and we, it's showing up today. We at our firm had our best year ever last year, and this yeah. year is going to surpass last year. <clears throat> but it didn't happen by itself. It happened with the things that we said: communication, creativity, flexibility seeing what was out there, and most importantly, meeting our customers' needs, figuring out what it is, not telling them what it is, but finding out from them what is it that you need and then meeting those needs. Yes. And with that evaluation, take that to the next level here and think about your customer service. Think about all your, your process. Think about your, your customer service with your employees. Are they satisfied? Or do you still treat them the same way as if they have no voice or they, as if they don't know? They're, everybody's taking a, a cultural risk within to make your business happen. And if you don't respect those employees, you're going to find that resignation start to show up in your entity. And I feel like we just need to really, as business owners, it is our responsibility to take care and look after people because ultimately it's not your business that's number one, it's people that's number one that make your business. I feel like we should just take that into this year, 2022, and take that evaluation and take what Doug said in this topic and reevaluate all these items and look at the opportunities that you have in front of you. Um, is there any final words that you want to give to the audience here, Doug? The only final words is that, uh, you know, something that's in our brochure that I always like to say is that the sun is always rising somewhere. And that means there's always an opportunity to be found. You just have to look for it, know where it is. And, and chase after it and position right for it. But the sun is always rising somewhere. You heard it here, folks. Those are here again, listening on podcasts, podcasts, LinkedIn, Facebook. Thank you guys for joining us. For Doug and I, we have to get back to work. We'll see you next time. Thank you.